This is Duke Nukem. Welcome to NerdCon 1. This is a NerdCon 1 production. If you like anything you see or hear in this episode, go to www.nerdcon1.com or search NerdCon 1 anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of NerdCon 1. My name's Nick, and I'm here with Corey. What's going on, dude? So good. Um, and this week is sponsored by Anchor.fm, as well as Asylum Music and Media Works. Um... If you guys want to support us, make sure you head over to patreon.com forward slash NerdCon1. We'll talk more about that at the other end of this episode. Um, that being said, I do want to announce uh, we are taking a break, which means these are our um, in-between season two and season season three episodes where Corey and I are going to hop on, talk about current events, stuff going on in life. Corey never has fucking current events, so who knows what the hell he's going to talk about. Um that being said, uh, we will be coming back in July as a whole cast. Um, just we're we're doing what you know we need to do. It's end of season two, so we're gonna we're gonna hang out and do these little short stuff episodes. Um, I don't even know if I can call it short stuff because of other podcasts, but uh, these shorter episodes, just kind of talking about the fun things that we like. Um, I don't know if any of you, any of you know this, but this this weekend was a huge weekend for film and TV buffs. Um, I actually just finished today Falcon and Winter Soldier. I gotta say, it is probably one of the better, um, more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.-esque storylines within the television universe for Marvel in the MCU. Um, I really enjoyed Bucky and Sam's characters in this entire thing. Um, obviously, Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie. A huge call-out that I have, though, for this show was Erin Kellyman. She played uh, Carly in the um, TV show, and she was ahead of the activist slash terrorist organization trying to stop the vote that's happening um for those of you who don't want to hear spoilers i am going to get slightly spoiler spoiler filled in this um that being said aaron kellyman uh, actually you guys would know her from star wars fame she was one of the characters one of the raiders in star wars um which i believe was her big you know big screen debut and now she was on falcon and winter soldier um her character she plays a teen who is trying to fight for a better good um she at one point was the muscle for uh sharon carter she's a super soldier she's been genetically altered to be stronger faster you know everything in between and the reason why she breaks away from um carter and the government is because she's realizing that she's just a muscle for a different agenda and instead of trying to change the world in the way that the u.s government and the other governments or superpowers of the world are trying to do she wants to actually help the people who came back after the snap um every last bit of her character i believe this last episode especially she did a phenomenal job um right up until the end um that being said also in this episode um we are going to take a quick break in a second here to hear um what i'm talking about but sam carter um who is now the captain america which is one of the big spoilers so i'm sorry if you decided to keep listening um he's got the shield he is um he still is Falcon too. I mean, he has his, his uh, jetpack with the wings. He's got everything else, you know, as far as that's concerned. But now he's also carrying the shield again. Um, Bucky's got his vibranium arm now. Um, at the end of this episode, there was a level of activism um, built into the first black Captain America within the MCU. 
Obviously, it's happened in the comic books. Um, this is who I was hoping would become Captain America the whole time, so I'm really happy about this. I didn't necessarily like the Bucky Cap storyline, so uh, I'm that, I think a big part of why I'm excited about this. But um, he pretty much, you know, talked to the uh, senators as they're trying to start this vote to encamp the people who came back from the snap and and pretty much, you know, become what. Captain America uh, proper and Captain America now tried to stop. And um, if you get a chance and you guys don't hear it here, check it out. But we're going to take a quick second to listen to that. Even now, here, I feel it. The stairs, the judgment. And there's nothing I can do to change it. Yet I'm still here. No super serum. No blonde hair or blue eyes. You've got to do better, Senator. You've got to step up. Because if you don't, the next Carly will. And you don't want to see 2.0. Look, you people have just as much power as an insane god or a misguided teenager. The question you have to ask yourself is, how are you going to use it? So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, I'm sure at some point one of the uh, streaming services are going to take this down. But um, <laughs> that being said, I I, I choked up myself. Um, this this was a huge huge moment within this uh, this episode, this show, as well as television and and current events. And I, I really enjoyed what they did. Um, a big part of this episode, there was a group of senators who were in the command center, you know, type area, making the vote. Um, that I had aforementioned, and they throw gas in. Um, a lot of this actually reminded me of what happened um, during the uh, assault on our Senate and um, kind of hit home. I mean, this this episode really did a good job of handling it um, and bringing things into a good light and, and showing that there is change that needs to happen within this universe that we're watching, um, as well as our own. So I, I really did enjoy that. But um all in all, I'm going to give this one probably a 7 out of 10 as far as shows are going, um, especially after WandaVision. I absolutely adored WandaVision, so I was hoping for a little bit something different. I guess this really kind of is more for the continuity of the Avengers storyline, so um, probably the reason why it's not as much like I was expecting from WandaVision coming out on Disney Plus as well. But if you guys haven't watched it, it came out on Friday, that's on Disney Plus, so make sure you guys check that out. So I actually just want to roll in real quick here. I've actually, you mentioned it's a big week for movies, um, or this weekend, I should say. And uh, this past weekend, also, the Demon Slayer movie came out. Now, I've got not much to talk about because New Mexico sucks and no movie theaters are open here. Um, so it's been playing all around the country. And you had to buy tickets, like, special tickets. It's an anime movie. They don't do it very often um but you couldn't do it here and so i'm a little butthurt about that because i've heard it's amazing um i have actually one of my buddies jesus uh went to el paso texas to watch it wow so that's good like four and a half five hour drive and um he said it is awesome um i've heard other people say it's one of the best anime movies ever made um it sir in japan it surpassed studio ghibli's uh spirited away so i mean it's it's something yeah to be able to go that far that's their number one box office record in japan now 
Um, so I, I'm, I'm very interested. And due to my state, I, I can't see it until it's available on streaming services or to buy, I'll probably end up buying it. I love the show. So, um, yeah, I just want to throw that out there. Other than that, I'm like you said, I'm not really much of a current events guy. Um, I know when we come back from our break later, I've got a couple of other things to talk about, but not necessarily movies, TV, stuff like that. Well, I mean, last week we were talking about this, and I made the offer. I right a quarter mile away from me in Connecticut, where we um, are actually opening up as of next Sunday, outside of inside masks. Um, we can go watch it. You had the opportunity to come all the way out here and watch this. And clearly, you even said last episode that the travel wouldn't be worth it. I understand it would be an expensive movie, but even Jesus went all the way to Texas. You could totally hey, come here. Okay, so how much gas did he... Uh, no, I'm not going to make the argument because I know he spent less on gas <laughs> than he did to fly. But still, you could have absolutely come out and watched that with us. Um, Funimation has the television series of that that you can stream. But um, yeah, I guess you're going to have to wait until it comes out on the streaming service. I would assume probably Funimation if they have the television. Um, in all, So it's on Funimation and Crunchyroll. Oh, it is. Um, okay. I watch most of the stuff on Crunchyroll. Um, the thing with those is they don't really get movies all that often, at least for streaming. Um, like the two My Hero movies that are out, neither of those are on Funimation or Crunchyroll as stream. So... It's a little different. Like, I, I don't, I honestly don't think that this movie is going to appear on streaming services. Um, so I'll either end up buying it or at some point when New Mexico opens up the movie theaters, um, hopefully they play it. But it may just be too late at that point to where they're not gonna. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't think it's going to be like a long running movie in theaters. Um, like most anime movies. I know I went to see uh, one of the new My Hero movies, uh, the last one that came out, uh, Heroes Rising. And um, that was only in theaters for like two weekends. And you could only see it on the weekends. It wasn't during the week, anything like that. So anime movies are different there because they're not as big here. Yeah. Um, people, yeah. Aren't, people aren't busting down doors to go watch them. Whereas in like Japan, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm slightly hopeful because I'm I'm still a little bit uh, hesitant, even though I'm vaccinated to go into um, you know space like a movie theater or anything like that. But um, I I would be interested to see if it does do better, just just based off of what it was. And obviously, even in in HBO Max and in the introduction of Studio Ghibli in its entirety, well, almost entire um, catalog that we can get in the U.S. Um, I'm hoping that something like this getting that notoriety will allow it to grow because. There's a whole market of anime, and, and I haven't even, I didn't even realize this until you kind of got me into it, especially Valhalla, um, or not Valhalla, um, Vinland Saga was yeah. really an eye-opening thing for me, and then obviously getting to Hunter x Hunter, which, awesome shirt, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I hadn't realized exactly what anime had to offer, and even just that it was a little bit more than that superhero um, laser beams and, and mystical yeah. powers thing. And I, oh, you know, sure. so I, I am kind of hopeful that something that had gotten this big is going to show a little bit more of an appearance. Maybe we'll even see it on HBO Max. I think that would be a good play for a Japanese studio to do. That's what I'm thinking is probably going to be the most likely option if mm -hmm. it goes on a streaming service. Because, I mean, HBO Max even has Studio Ghibli. Exactly. And 
they are as tight as can be. I mean, they're just as tight as even Nintendo, if not tighter, about their licenses. Mm-hmm. And HBO Max is the entire Studio Ghibli collection on there. Well, and so I mean, Warner uh, Brothers Studios as well as um, AT and T, they know what they're doing. I mean, as much as people can hate any corporate overlord, they know what they're doing in this market. Um, they did oh, a phenomenal yeah. job putting together the catalog they did for HBO Max. Um, oh, for sure. And you, you have to get titles like these, I think, just because, especially with the lack of net neutrality and this opening up of um, all these streaming services where we're pretty much paying more than we used to on cable just to be you know streaming service individuals. Um, I, I, I think it would be a good play for them, personally. I, I agree. I agree. I think... Um... They've really stepped up. I'm I'm hoping that anime being on a platform like that, as opposed to solely anime platforms like Crunchyroll and Funimation, that um, it gets it becomes more widespread. Yeah, I mean, over the years, you've definitely seen the growth in anime in the U.S. Um, and I think it's just kind of on its way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we'll probably be a big anime consumer as well and you mentioned like there's lots of different things other than just superheroes stuff like that other than just dragon ball z and naruto (laughs) it's it's not all there is um i always tell people like if you want to give anime a try but you don't like all the shit you see ask me and just i'll ask you a couple questions like what you currently like Mm -hmm. and i can get you an i know a lot of different shows um I mean, from anything that's super manly to probably a couple things that are a little embarrassing for me to admit that I've watched. Um, but, the, I mean, there's everything out there. Like, there's currently one out right now I'm watching that is uh, about music. Um, I've watched ones about cooking that are epic. Um, there, there's so many things, so many things. Demon Slayer just adds on top of it. It goes back to that, like um pre-modern era japan um but also throws in that like mysticality of demons and folklore behind those um it it just hits on every spot that's for sure yeah no i agree um and i I think that is is just kind of knowing what is available because that that's the the biggest and the hardest thing for consumers with such a large amount of um, shows and movies that are available within the anime universe. Cause obviously we, as um, people in the United States have had a limited availability of it up until, you know, a few years ago, obviously you have, yeah. um, you had Toonami with Inuyasha, Naruto, um, Mobile Suit Gundam, that was, but that was four hours every Saturday night. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, I think now, um, especially in in this new world of uh, um, superhero movies and animated movies kind of taking a little bit more hit, I think that people need to realize just what is available for them. Um, And obviously, you're not going to buy a Crunchyroll subscription just to find that out necessarily. But, um, you know, it's definitely good to to have a friend that knows something about it. Oh, for sure, for sure. And that's something I'm pretty sure I've got, like, probably a hundred, like, two-day free trials for Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's something if people want, send us a message. I could find it find you a two-day trial if you want to find something or if you want to ask me what you want to watch and I'll send you what to watch. Send you a two-day trial and you can try it out. Um I mean I 
it's something too. I think a lot of people, like we were talking about um, the superheroes, lasers, stuff like that, that people just think it is, um, is because Dragon Ball is what made anime popular here. Mm-hmm. Um, Funimation was created solely to bring Dragon Ball to the U.S. Um, I think it was, I think Funimation was founded in like the early mid '90s, and. Like I said, I mean, their sole purpose, if you look up why Funimation was made, was so that they could translate and bring Dragon Ball Z to the U.S. because whoever it was that made the company liked it so much. Yeah, so Which I think, super, I think that's super cool. Yeah. But. So they actually, in 1994, so uh, on May 9th, so, um, you know, they're on an anniversary here, but um, 1994 in Fort Worth, Texas, Funimation became a thing. And they just yep. got bought by Crunchyroll, correct? Or is it vice versa? No, uh, so Crunchyroll was purchased by Sony, mm-hmm. who owns Funimation. Okay, that uh, makes sense then. I, I've got mixed feelings about that, um, that I won't really get into, but hopefully they do it right. <laughs> um, Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, I just, I fear them losing a lot of licenses, a lot of shows, um, Make Funimation the dubbed place and Crunchyroll the subbed place. Yeah. And maybe put the same things there. Because, I mean, people like different things. But as of now, it's all types of mixed up still. Mm-hmm. There's stuff that you get on Crunchyroll that you can't get on Funimation and vice versa. Crunchyroll is also doing originals. Like, have you heard of Webtoon before, right? Yeah. Yep. Crunchyroll is adapting Webtoons into anime. Oh, wow. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's this one show I've watched. It was called uh, Tower of God. Mm-hmm. epic um and it's got like 500 webtoon chapters um and i don't think they even touched like the surface of it but damn if it's not cool <laughs> um well since you said damn if it's not cool why don't we take a uh, quick second to hear a word from our sponsors Looking for that missing element to take your media from uh to amazing? Music sets the perfect tone, pun intended, and creates a professional atmosphere that draws your audience in and helps keep them engaged. Here at Asylum Music and Media Works, we offer a variety of services and products, from simple jingles to intros and outros to full-blown production services and more. We even wrote the jingle you're hearing right now. We know how much goes into production every week, so why not let us take one extra thing off the plate for you? Schedule your free consultation today by visiting our website, asylummusicandmediaworks.wordpress.com. You can also find us on Instagram at asylummusicandmediaworks. Just look for the teal logo. We cannot wait to hear about your project. That's Asylum Music and Media Works. All right, guys, and welcome back, and special thanks to Asylum Music and Media Works. Um, I'm going to change topics a bit here, jump into some video games, um, which I know you can work with. Um, And so uh, first thing I wanted to say is Call of Duty has always been like a game I can go and play with my friends. I've never been the biggest fan. but recently I've got a little bit invested in it. Um, I've been enjoying the game and there's been all this hype 
about the new season and the new map. They even made it like a 24 hour event with like different events going on the whole time recently. This was last week. Um, fucking trash. I'm so, so angry. Um, there's been all these hints that like, we're going to be getting this new map and it's going to be bigger than it was before. It's going to be in the mountains. It's going to be in like something along the lines of like the Ural mountains. Um, no trash. So I'll give you the, uh, basic breakdown. Have you played it recently? Yeah, I, um, I, Signed on yesterday just because I've been so busy with work this week, and um, obviously you took. Probably had a huge update. You, oh, I had a, a twenty-five point nine gig. Um, so it wasn't the worst. Oh, it's right. pretty quick for a computer. Obviously, with um, being on PC, I have to wait for the shaders to install. Um, yeah. so that takes a little while because, especially um, when you come multiplayer, the second campaign's first that downloads multiplayer second, and then you go into Warzone stuff like that. So it took a little while to get going, and I played two rounds and said this is fucking terrible. Dude, I would, it. I mean, the gameplay hasn't changed. I will at least be fair with that. Mm-hmm. But everyone expected the gameplay to stay the same. And so, basic breakdown is uh, last week they say, okay, season's coming to an end. We're going to be doing this big event, blah, blah, blah. Log on, first event. It was just like the Halloween event they did where you're playing and you are, it's regular Warzone at first. Um, in Verdansk, regular map. Um, once you die, you become a zombie, and you essentially want to just take over everything. Um, so that happens. Okay. Full story. They say, okay, Verdansk can't be saved. Then, next mini event, you go to uh, Rebirth Island, um, which is that smaller map that they have um and it's regular game mode only difference is before you used to go into rebirth island and certain spots on it had been bombed um those aren't bombed so map changed a little bit cool what we do is cool to have like a new spot but nothing special um okay that's over then um they did they ran that for a while actually like probably 15 hours, um, if not a little bit more. Um, then you come back, you log in, and they do this big, giant cutscene where they're basically like, okay, well, it's all fucked, and they nuke Verdansk. Like, straight up nuke it. And part of, when you're on Rebirth Island, you can see the mushroom clouds, stuff like that. It's nighttime, but it's lit up because of that. Um, you can see the shockwaves coming through when you're in the air. Um, and then they give you another cutscene that um, they're just they're talking. It seems like okay, they they just nuked it, like all this all this stuff. And then they rewind it. They rewind everything and rewind it. You're like okay, maybe like. They're going to show us a different part of the story for this next, like, event thing. No. They rewinded it 37 years and put you back in Verdansk. It's the same goddamn map. 
And only difference is some of the buildings are still being constructed. There's not a statue in the park. Not everything's uh, got snow on it. So the snow's not there. Um, yeah, they went from 2021 to 1984, I want to say it was. Um, and the dam's not built, so the river's just kind of running freely. Um, I don't know if it's super deep or anything, because I didn't play long enough to find the fuck out. Um, but, so, I mean, it creates, like, a couple other spots that weren't there before, I guess. Yeah. And then, like I said, there's no snow. It's, it must be summer or whatever, or there's no nuclear winter, whatever the story is in Call of Duty, because no one pays attention to the story anymore. I don't, I know I don't fucking give a shit. Um, <laughs> but I'm just so mad. I'm, I, the whole time I'm like, oh, like it's nuked. Cool. We're going to be going to a new place. Nope. Wrong. We're just going to pre-modern Verdansk stadiums, not built. There's no dam. It's the same fucking place. Some places that had been bombed before aren't bombed. Well, I think right now, I mean, Modern Warfare is 2021. You know what I mean? Or, or even past 2021. I think what they're trying to do is really get us into the Cold War time frame. And they're trying to put it into Black Ops, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's really just trying to continue. I, I, I don't think it's the best way to do it, but trying to maintain the continuity of releases and obviously they're trying to now because as a designer i would also love creating the storyline and be a little bit pissed that everyone just plays multiplayer even though it's making them you know millions of dollars um i i think there's a little bit of that in there as well where they're just you know they are trying to still have that artwork that is the storyline of game creation but, i get it i get it there's parts of it like that cutscene that i was mm -hmm. telling you about. when you first load it up right before you go to this new map in verdansk yeah there's this like it had to be like eight minute long cutscene where they're snowmobiling through the mountain they just bombed a mountain in like a totally remote place yeah they're talking to someone like on a cell phone who's in verdansk it's uh stitch or whatever his name yeah. is the crazy scars and everything um and so they're by no means close to him whatsoever. And they're in a totally different area in these mountains. So you're like, oh, this is where we're going to be playing. That's no. definitely what I thought. And I'm like, oh, this is our new map. Sweet. And they just bomb the mountain and there's going to be fucking craziness going on. Um, nope. And we know with DLC that creating a new map is not some huge gig draining task, you know, as far as updating no. a system. So I don't even know where the hell this 25 point, whatever gig update came from when really it, it wasn't much. Exactly. And I mean, part of it to like DLC is one thing when you're adding to a game. However, if you look at like other uh, battle Royales like this, mm-hmm, Generally, if they come out with like a new map like that, at least for a time, they just wipe the old one. So it's yeah. not like you're adding extra space; you're just replacing the space mm -hmm. um, because now that what you were working with before is gone. Well, that's and the so, season structure doesn't always work with that. I feel like. I mean, games like I mean, it should be like an evolving world, not a fucking backwards world. Yeah. Um, I mean, like. I I don't like the game, 
but look at Fortnite. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fortnite, they've done these massive world changing events. Well, a lot of it, if I'm not mistaken, which I very much could be, um, they, uh, they, they've just changed the map that they're on. Now, they could have been an old map, but I remember one time, because I remember it was a huge thing, like on the internet at the time, is Fortnite had essentially been bombed or something, mm-hmm. black hole, I don't know. And for like 48 hours or 72 hours, when you loaded up the game, there was nothing except a black screen with like a light. So it's like you were just, it's like you were in a black hole. Um, And they came back and it was the new season. Like, I'm pretty sure that's when they got their new map. Old map was retired. It's gone. Mm -hmm. And so like they made a thing out of it. They had streamers like just, streaming this black screen waiting and chatting yeah and i mean keep in mind fortnite is you know as far as what it does is you know created an innovation um up there with PUBG, you know as they were competing but the graphics and game schematics which is also why i think they have beaten PUBG and the ability of that they have had to create new seasons and create these new events and stuff like that their graphics are immensely less than something that is of um, Warzone, as well as the game schematics themselves. You know, what goes yeah. into the realism that is these new Call of Duty games is what also makes them so large and so hard to transition. I mean, you're looking at an entire game release, I would assume, um, you know, as far as time frame and creation to, to create a new map um, instead of Verdansk as compared to doing it with Fortnite. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but there's not a whole lot that, other than creating this map, there's not more that you need to do. Yeah, I mean, because you but, can still port the characters. Obviously, you have to, you know, port schematics, but... Yeah, I mean, you keep everything else the same. You're just putting it in a new place. Mm-hmm. Like that, I mean, I'm moving in a few months back east. All that's changing, I'm still me. I'm still going to do my same shit. I'm just going to be in a new place. Obviously, yeah. a video game takes a lot more work, a lot more people, but you're just transporting the game you have to a new spot. Mm-hmm. Like you said, with DLC, it's the same fucking thing. You make a new map. When you do DLC, you call the old and bring in the new. You don't even need to get rid of the old with new map, with new multiplayer maps. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a new map. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, speaking of new things, though, um, I, I kind of want to bring the conversation back into the cinema universe as I was talking earlier about how um, there's a big, big weekend in um, cinema and, and um, television. Obviously, we were talking a little bit about HBO Max, and uh, they, as well as in theaters, released Mortal Kombat. Um, I finished that this morning before I went to the gym, and I could not be happier. Um we kind of knew it was going to happen, but it was a CGI fuckfest. There's, there's no getting around that. There was a lot of CGI in there. The fatalities were brutal. CGI filled. So much blood. Um, and again, if you guys just tuned in after the ad break, spoilers are going to come. Not a lot for this one, but a little bit. Um, they did a, a killer job. The storyline itself was... Um, it wasn't the most progressive or, or story-changing effectively for you because i know you have not watched it because it's a movie so you're not going to watch it 
It also just came out. Mm-hmm. That one actually may be one I watch. I will say that much. I can understand I'm that, not, given your your background. I'm not too worried about spoilers. Don't do too much because it just came out. Mm-hmm. Well, well, again, everyone's been warned, so I apologize, Corey. <laughs> it's not my fault you didn't watch it. Um, la la la. la, la. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't go too much in the storyline. Um, we all know what's happening. There's a new Mortal Kombat that has to happen. Each faction are fighting in order to take over the world. They're trying to take out the um, champions. Um, a huge shout out to two individuals. Um, first of which was Ludi Lin, um, who played Liu Kang. Um, Steve talked a little bit about it just as they changed the characters. I think he did a great job. Um, there's a scene where he lost an individual and, um, special to his life. And I'm, I'm doing this for you, Corey. And, um, you see that emotion, but you also see the strength that is him being a champion and a well-trained champion. Um, the other is, um, and I'm going to mutilate this, uh, name. You're probably gonna be able to correct me, Corey, but, um, Hiroyuki, uh, Sonata, he played, um, Hanzo and, um, later Scorpion. I love him as a character in the, he, he literally has the first scene of the movie, um, a big part in his, uh, fight with, uh, Sub-Zero, but, um, when you see him in these cutscenes, and he, he's just badass. He's exactly what you expect when you think Scorpion is is here and who Scorpion is. And it actually, he did a really good job of kind of showing you that pain within him, as well as just showing that overall awesomeness that is um, Scorpion. And I enjoyed it. A lot. This is so interesting to hear because. As things come out, especially something as iconic as Mortal Kombat come out, Facebook, I just see all the critiques, the praises. Um, I'm hearing the exact opposite of what you're saying. And everyone listening, and as well as you, Corey, keep in mind, I have a very eccentric taste in film. Um, I'm a huge, huge film buff, but B-movie and C-movie film buff. Um, Yes, I go see all the big (laughs) ones. But I'm the same guy that still thinks Doomsday with Kate Beckinsale is one of the best, um, you know, in its genre of movie up there with Underworld, stuff like that. So, like, I do have a very different perspective on yeah. those things and, and what I like to see. Um, yeah, you're just there to enjoy it. Exactly. I, I'm uh, not one of those toxic Star Wars fans. I, I love Star Wars. Don't get, I'm not saying I'm not a Star Wars fan, but I'm not one of those people that's just going to love what or hate what we if love. You're, if you're a Star Wars fan, you're, you're toxic. It's, it's okay. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Um, no, because I know, like, one of the things that has, like, stuck out to me, and I actually just saw it today, is um, it's, like, a not my Liu Kang. Um, and they're showing pictures of, like, the original Liu Kang being, like, this is Liu Kang. Um, it, I'll make my current event task this week to watch the movie okay well, well uh, when we talk next week i'm gonna i'm gonna quiz you on it to see if you actually fucking did it okay okay um and as far as the not my Luke king um we touched on it a few episodes back uh in talking with star wars and, and krista and i really dove into this as far as ahsoka tano within the mandalorian season two um people you need to realize that change is okay um it's it's as simple as that. You're not going to get, you know, if you're coming into any of these new movies expecting to get exactly what you got before, then what the <laughs> fuck is the point of going to watch a remake? Yeah. It's as simple as that. Um, Sokotano, um, and I, 
I'm having a huge blank, even though I'm a huge Star Wars fan, on who plays the new Ahsoka Tano. But, um... Uh, Rosario Dawson. Yeah, Rosario, Rosario Dawson. Thank you. Saves me trying to talk and Google at the same time. Um, <laughs> she did a phenomenal job. Um, yeah. And I think that uh, uh, Ludi Lin did a great job as well. He's not going to be who you expect. He's not going to be who's in the in, in the game, but what who he is within the storyline is great. You know, he's the one, and I... I'm I'm trying not to spoil too much for you because I know you actually will enjoy this one, Corey. But um, you know, even, even with his intro, when he finds them out in the desert and he's like, you know, he's just on that mission. Come with me, and um, and having that excitement that is, um, you know, when he shows up and gets to Raiden is like, this is, you know, I found the rest of the champions. Like the character is not who we remember of Liu Kang. He is this new person. He's new, excitable, younger, um, I think entity than, than what we got in the previous film and games. Um, I, I liked it. I, I think he did a good job. Um, Joe Taslim, uh, who did, uh, Sub-Zero did a great job as well. Um, I believe this character all the way through. I think Sub-Zero is tough because you do have to keep that straight face, but also be cocky. You know what I mean? Because you see that in his fighting style where he's jumping around and moving oh, yeah. within the games. Um, he is, I mean, he's a formidable foe in everything you play and see. Um, but to have that also serious darkness, you know, on top of that is um, is really neat. Yeah, yeah. So, two things. A, all of this Mortal Kombat stuff back in that, like, people thinking about and re-watching the old movies as well as the new one. Um, I just want to throw out there to the movie Overlords. Um, I'd really like Tekken. Please. Um, I, I think Tekken is probably a lot more doable. <laughs> um, still plenty of CGI. Well, yes, there's still plenty, but less, less gore, I suppose. And there's also, I, I think, more to it than just the tournament yeah uh, but uh and you've got a really long timeline you can go from young Hihachi all the way up to old Hihachi with his kid and grandkid but okay enough about Tekken um B <laughs> um I was reading today that uh who who produced this um you know? as far as the production on this obviously Warner Bros I, I think Warner Bros was a big part of it but let me just hop in IMD really quick and I can um, the the reason I'm just curious is because I guess whoever it is is um, essentially over the next few days or weeks um, obviously not days a big decision like this um, considering another four or five movies I mean they could do a lot with this I, I fully believe that um, so this one was directed by uh, Simon McCoy um, and let's you gotta get I'm not one of those people who know director names, man. Yeah, like, I know. Like their executive producer name. list is. Let's see what do we got. Three, six, <clears throat> nine, ten. There's ten different producers, of which three, four, six of them are executive producers. Um, you've got Richard Richard Brenner, Michael Clear, Todd Garner, Lawrence Kasanoff, uh, Simon McCoy, uh, Dave. Neustadter, um, Victoria Palmieri, uh, Jeremy Stein, E. Bennett Walsh, and James Wan. I think I've heard James Wan, mm -hmm. and I think there was one other Richard name Brenner. I've heard plenty of times. Simon McCoy. I've heard plenty of times. 
Yeah, I think there was like one other name I recognized. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I, I'm curious to see if they do decide to do those more movies um, and what the timeline looks for those. Because nowadays people want that instant gratification. Got so used to Marvel having one, two movies come out a year. Yeah. That now I feel, I almost feel like if you're not doing that, it's hard to stay relevant. Yeah. Um, well, maybe, which you know, I, I they'll fill, I fill in. Kind of sad, yeah. But... It's true. Everyone does expect it, you know, everything instant. And that's what streaming services have done. Um, but, you know, for all we know, you're going to watch it this next week. We're going to come back on uh, next Sunday to record for Monday's episode. And maybe we'll have those answers. I mean, that's how fast the pipeline works nowadays. So that yeah. is very, very possible. Um, but on that, I, I do want to start calling this one an end. Thank you so much for listening in to our in-between seasons, uh, first episode of the in-between season show with Corey and myself. Um, we'll think of a name for it. Oh yeah. We'll find some, we'll, we'll think of something good. <laughs> if you guys actually have any ideas, you know, definitely text in. Maybe we could uh, use that name for the next few months. Um, that being said, special thanks to anchor.fm as well as asylum music and media works for sponsoring this episode. If you guys like anything you saw or heard in this episode, make sure you go to www.nerdcon1.com or search nerdcon1 anywhere you listen to podcasts. What we do here guys takes a lot of work. And if you want to support that and get some extra content, including free stickers, um, early access to audio episodes, as well as a once a month episode, make sure you guys head to patreon.com forward slash nerdcon1. Other than that, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Corey, thank you so much for joining me this week, and we will talk to everyone next week. See you guys.